0: Also, if you've got a friend who you know could benefit from hearing this episode, please share the love with them. My goal is always to spread positive impact through the sharing of knowledge, and I would be honored if you could help me achieve this goal. Today's conversation is between my wife Erin and I. Every couple of months, we bring her on to have a chat about all the things happening here behind the scenes at Thrive on Life. In this episode, we discuss what inspired the idea behind Thrive HQ, what were the fears and struggles that we endured before, during, and after deciding to go down the path that we are on, and how we have used all the ups and downs on our journey to motivate ourselves each and every day to become better individuals as well as better partners. I love having these conversations with Aaron and I hope you enjoy this conversation. I'm positive you will walk away with some motivation for you as you take the next step on your own journey. What's up fam, CJ Finley here back on the Thrive On Life podcast and I have my lovely wife Erin sitting next to me. Every quarter we like to bring the better half of the Finley family on and kind of sit back, reflect, have a good conversation and this year has been a crazy year for all of us and as we're sitting here in Thrive HQ we came to the realization that it's now been a year that we've had this office. And I've been writing a little bit recently on Instagram how when we first got this office, the idea for it had to pivot and change over the course of this year, as many of your lives probably have had to change. So we're going to kick this conversation off with what we thought we were investing in when we got this office and kind of how we had to adapt and change our lifestyle to make the best of 2020 of our personal lives and our business lives and then just see where this conversation goes and one of the things before we even get into the convo as you're listening through this I would love for you to pull out a notebook or something and reflect on your own life because the way that you make each and every day better is to realize what you're currently doing in the present moment that is filling your cup up versus not filling your cup up and then adapting and changing the things that are not filling your cup up. So whip out that pen and paper and we'll get right into it. So Aaron, how are you doing tonight?
1: Doing well. Thanks for having me on, CJ. It's nice to What well, was your idea? So. <laughs> nice to be back. No, we actually really enjoy podcasting together as a hobby for something we do on a Weekend night. And we've had a lot of time together recently in the past couple of days. So this just seemed like a nice activity. But back to reflection, I think reflection in general is super important, but I always like the exercise of thinking back to exactly a year ago or even two or three years ago. And when we were doing that recently, so this time exactly a year ago, we were just getting Thrive HQ. We were in the process of closing on our house and kind of in this period of time where we were thinking, oh my gosh, are we going to be homeless for a little bit? <laughs> like, what do we do? We didn't want to extend our lease on our apartment, but our house was taking longer than expected. And this whole Thrive HQ thing was pretty unexpected too. So we were just in a definitely a, a crazy spot and it felt very hectic. Once everything came into place, we had grand visions for what we were going to do with this. And we were in a a big rush to get it put together and thanks to the help of friends they designed it great and we got things ready and were able to have it shown to people pretty fast but we had all these expectations for what we were going to do with the space and then just a couple months later realized that we had to kind of pivot that so what were we thinking let's see we wanted to build. We definitely wanted to build out the gym downstairs, which is what we did. And I think we had bigger expectations for using that for group type of things um, and just maybe more intimate like types of workout sessions. But we've just kind of had to use that just on our own, really. And then up here in the space where we're at right now, um, where CJ does all his work now with the team, this was supposed to be for holding events. And we probably had a, a couple right before the Literally COVID like outbreak. <laughs> but we were really thinking that this space was gonna be like an experiential vibe of somebody coming in to work with CJ and then having the ability to have some food or whatever it may be, um, because it's kind of like a work live space. So we just had all these ideas of where it could go, the things that we could do here, classes, cooking, dinners, hosting masterminds, workshops, you name it. Um, So it's been interesting to see how the space has been used in the meantime. And I think we're we're not ones to ever dwell. And I think we've did a good job of pivoting and making the best of the circumstances. And we were just talking about how we have one more year here and thinking about it as an investment. And I asked CJ whether he thought it was still as good of an investment as when we initially pulled the trigger to have the space. And I'll let you talk a little bit about that. So what do you think? Was it still a good idea? Are you still happy that we have it? What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to turn out to be one of the best decisions we've ever made and i try to take that look at it where
1: why do you think it's one of the best decisions
0: well let's break down like go back into how we made the decision in the first place like coming into the end of last year one of the things that i never had anticipated was that when i quit my job i i never i didn't realize that i would get to my goal as quickly as I did. And my my goal when I quit my career was just make enough money to really survive and like what I do every single day. And I think because I was able to surround myself with a lot of great people really quickly, I achieved that goal. But then once I, just like we fall in this habit of, once you get the grade and you get the certificate, it's like, now what? I'd kind of fallen into that trap myself. And even though I coached other people not to fall into that trap, I think going into the end of last year, I was really overwhelmed because in my life I was like, I had always envisioned being a business coach and helping people grow their businesses and being into the fitness, health and wellness scene and helping people and I had achieved that. What was next? And I've never been one that's like focused on I need to make millions of dollars. Um, So that was never my driving factor. And then- I wanted to continue doing what I love, but like at scale. And I didn't really understand how to go about doing that to also add stress to that. I'm not, I'm still actively trying to become a better communicator of my feelings. It's not something that I was brought up to do. And it's, I think something in males that we're just not used to like communicating our thoughts and feelings. I'm very independent and I like to just work through things myself and what I'm trying to do now and have tried to do over the years is bring you more into the conversation. And I realized I needed to do that and raise the stress that I was having. And ultimately Erin is the one that actually had the idea of the office, it wasn't even me because she said, I needed something to like directly focus on and put my time and energy into. And I think that's what I was lacking in my life because I had finally built a strong foundation, but it was time to kind of go up. And when we took a step back of like, what does up look like for CJ, I was taking a step back and be like, okay, I really love people. I love community. I love conversation like this. I love education and I have to be efficient, meaning I need the kitchen, I need the workout, I need the ability to just have everything all in one space. And once we kind of dialed into that, that's when we started looking for a space. And long story short, we found it because of our our hairdresser. Yeah, uh, I was sitting there
1: one day getting my hair done and she had just moved into the spot like two doors down and I'm sitting there and I'm like, she was telling me how there's a couple more open and she was loving the area. And I was like, I came home and I said, you know CJ I have a great idea <laughs> and i think you need a space and he kind of just like ignored it and was like yeah not now and then
0: but uh, let me let me dig into why i ignored it so it's funny because it's easy to tell like as a coach other people that you need to lean into the uncomfortable and you need to do the uncomfortable things and you need to get rid of the the self-limiting beliefs and i think one of my self-limiting beliefs was i mean this was a this was a big investment and for me i shy away from because i like to work on multiple different things i found myself shying away from the idea of getting my own office and my own space because if you fail at that like that's a really big hit on your ego and once i started diving into that and realizing that i would rather fail at something that i love and I know I'm gonna regret if I don't, then continue to just run around and do things that I like, but they're not fully aligned. And I think this space, like for what we had planned it to be, is fully aligned with what I really wanna do with my life. And for those out there listening, like this was a case study. So if you know, if you know who Rob Deerdeck is, Fantasy Factory at MTV, he he's a pro skateboarder, he had Robin Big, and then he he has these different shows on MTV. But he built this space that kind of had everything all in one. His skate park, it had his office, it had his gym, it had everything. And for me, I'd always envisioned a place that people could show up to, they could work, they could live, they could thrive. And obviously, I couldn't have this big warehouse to start off with. I need an MVP, which is a minimum viable product, to just test it on. And this was that test. And ultimately, what we decided to do was, okay – it was like a team.
1: But I think we should tell decision. the story about Jessica too, because that was pretty. Oh, about how,
0: Yeah. So we're big into, if you know anything about our personal story and our relationship, like a lot of stars have aligned for us to even be here. And for Thrive, it's kind of a similar situation where our landlord, Jessica, she's amazing. She reached out to me through email, probably like Two months prior to even seeing the space, and she reached out to email, and I immediately said, "Hey, like, what does it cost? Like, send me the information." And when I saw the price of it, I the self-limiting beliefs. I was like, "Oh, that's too much. I can't. I can't do that." Um, and in my head, it was more so I didn't want to have the difficult conversation with Aaron and say, "Hey, I think this is something we should look into." So I didn't know what space it was, but I'm also a serial networker. So I responded, Hey, I would love to meet you because maybe one of the businesses that I know would be interested in this space. Let's meet up. And she responded, she's going to Barcelona. So like, like let's link up in a couple weeks when she comes back. So I was like, cool. So then I go and and get my haircut at Mary Joy's and you'd already pitched this idea to me. And I see the open studios next to her. And I asked her, I was like, Hey, can you connect me with your landlord, who can connect me with whoever owns this property. So they connect me through, I get a phone number, and Jessica calls me and she's like, you know I'm the same person that reached (laughs) out to you a couple weeks ago. And what ended up happening was Mary Joy's landlord is friends with my landlord, and they basically said, is there any other young entrepreneurs in the area that could utilize this space? And that's how, I guess, Mary Joy gave our name out. And that's how we got connected. So as soon as she called me, I basically said it in my head. I was like, this is too much of a coincidence. This is meant to be. I have to figure out how to do this. Now, fast forward, because we were getting our house, we were supposed to have our house done. So we were already supposed to be moved into our house, right? And that didn't happen. So then we basically were trying to get move into our house and get this office set up all at the same time. And a lot of our expectations and our ideas were, our house isn't an investment property. We want to Airbnb it and then spend some right. time and thrive. And there's so many ideas we had with this space that have not literally come to life. <laughs> but there's beauty in that because it forced us to kind of step back and really think like, okay, how do we get creative with this space now? And I think with the podcast, with the Lunch and Learns, with different photo shoots and video shoots and and being able to provide a space for creatives to kind of use this, in a way that is still conducive to my dreams and, and what I want without really putting anybody at risk at a grand scale has been really fulfilling for me. But I, I would be lying if I told you that I'm still like salivating at the idea of what I could potentially do with this space um, if I were allowed to so have so So what's one of your here.
1: goals when things quote unquote go back to normal if they ever allow, you know, big parties, not parties, but lots of people and gatherings, what would you like to do?
0: Oh, man, so many things. Um, I would love to work with a a trainer in the area who just needs a space to, like, group coach 10 people. Um, I would love to work with maybe a chef or somebody to have, like, a cooking class and a mastermind or something. Um, I would love to host, like, a book club, because I love to read, um, I would love. We have a we have a rooftop deck here, so I would love to kind of do like a, a whole experiential thing where maybe we meditate on the rooftop, and then we have uh, food and drinks here in the upstairs. I'd love to do product showcasing, so I'd love to help other companies like kind of launch their products and stuff and put them on our wall. Um, I mean, there's so many things. I'd love to have a music video come through here now we're gonna probably do that yeah. um, pretty soon I'd love to have a concert here so like <laughs> have somebody set up downstairs and you have 30 people small concert or a DJ mm-hmm. um, I mean there's so many ideas that I want to do that I guess we're, we're just limited right now
1: yeah um, I think when we first thought of the space it was solving a couple problems one being you were when we were still in the apartment It was like I could see the extra stress on you from having everything just be in one spot. And it's interesting because I think that's probably what a lot of people are feeling right now through this time of having to be like isolated in their home and have work be the same place where everything else is in your life. And it's just like hard to turn off, but it's also hard to just stay focused and decluttered (laughs) from everything else going on. And I could just see kind of the extra tension and stress that that being in like a really crammed space and having to like consult and have people sometimes come over and be in a small like inconvenient area really wasn't conducive to what you were trying to build long term and it also didn't make you feel like you were kind of made you feel like you're treading wheels I think because you couldn't really see where it was going like you said and so I think it, this idea, solve that problem, but then it also opened up so many other opportunities and doors and allowed us to actually dream of having all those ideas that you just said.
0: Yeah. And I think for me, the biggest toll was, I mean, I've told people this, like I could throw thrive away tomorrow as long as like you and I are, are okay. And I think the biggest toll it was taking on me was I couldn't thrive in my relationship or my business by having people coming and going from our apartment space because it put stress on our relationship and it put stress on my business because I felt like I couldn't fully engage with whoever I brought by because I was worried.
1: It was like in my territory You're gonna come home and
0: like I have to clean and I have to do things a certain way and vice versa. I couldn't give that energy to you where I want to just come home and fully relax and just be fully present because if I'm at my office, like I give 150% and then when I go home, I give 150%. And that's where, again, I, when we got back to the beginning of this conversation of why it's going to be the best investment I've ever made, because moving forward, I'm always going to separate. That. I'm always going to have a separate space now, no matter what it takes. Even if it's yeah, learned, yeah. even if it doesn't make sense financially, mentally and physically and spiritually, it makes sense to me now. So, even if it looks like if we say one day we we move outside the city and like I don't necessarily want to drive to an office, mm-hmm. maybe it means like building kind of like a tiny home on our property or something that's like the office so that I literally am not in the house at the same capacity. <laughs> whatever it is, whatever creative idea we come with, the separation of space has been one of the most like important factors to me. And then also you mentioned dreaming big. I've always been a dreamer, but I haven't had kind of the resources to bring those dreams to life versus a lot of the ideas that I just mentioned. It's not a dream anymore. Like everything I just mentioned, I could do. I know how to do all those things, because now I've had a year of like operating in the space. So I don't even look at it as a problem. I I just, I'm very hopeful that in summer of 2021, I can execute on some of these ideas. And because I've had this time to like think through everything and, and really sharpen up in my weaker areas, I think they're gonna be even better. What's up, guys? I'd like to take a second to thank you for tuning into this episode with Aaron. Hope you are loving this conversation so far. But before we get back into it, I have an opportunity I want to tell you about. As we all know, life is hard. It can beat you down, have you feeling low, and make it seem like you are alone. I'm here to remind you, though, that the most worthwhile journeys, they are not meant to be taken alone. And right now, you have the ability to take action and join others, including myself, on the mission to make every heartbeat count. And this newsletter is one of the best ways for me to help you do so. So if you're looking to get to the next level of your life, connect with like-minded individuals and have a daily dose of info that will help you thrive, sign up for my newsletter at cjfinley.com. Now let's get back to the conversation with my wife, Erin Finley. So let's drive into that a little bit. So we had these expectations, but what areas did we grow in that we didn't necessarily expect ourselves to grow in? And now they're going to help us exponentially in 2021. Cause like I have abundance of them and I know that you do too.
1: I think it's actually just opened my eyes to, and I think what you're hitting on before is how important environment is and how important your environment holistically, like from the city you live in, but then to the every space that you encounter throughout your day can have a huge impact on your overall well-being and spirit. <laughs> and so I think this time being here, having the space and having it be a safe space and a positive space for us to come to, and and I'm super grateful that we were able to still have it. But I think it hits on a good point that like many people out there might be struggling right now with being in close quarters and feeling like a lot of tension because they may not be in a city where you can get outside and like we do and things like that. So for me, it's really the time and I think the growth that I've experienced is getting down to what's the environment that I need to create for myself and really what are the essential things that that environment needs to have. So I feel like I've gotten a lot closer to the idea of essentialism and Just kind of creating my ideal life from this point forward, around that, with those kind of being my core values of things that I need every day, and everything else is just kind of a nice to have. Um, And so that time, this time for sure, has helped me recognize that.
0: I mean, you you bring up a great point because, like, more than half the country, like, we're moving into winter, right? and more than half the country isn't going to be able to get outside and do the things that maybe have helped them during this time and that's where i think what we've done a great job of is gutting our spaces and realizing what can we use what can we how do we multipurpose this space so a good example is like our second bedroom we were planning to make it this space for the Airbnb and...
1: It's like a guest room. A guest room. But
0: we've kept it more of like a workout, yoga, meditation, reading type of vibe because that's what we need right now. And I think a lot of people, if you have a room that you built out prior to everything in 2020, I recommend really taking a look at like for the next six months to a year to two years, we don't really know. Like there's a lot of uncertainty. So looking at each space individually and in whatever you have. And even if it's a one bedroom apartment, how can you make it multi-purpose? So how do you like, we love candles and we love plants and what else? What what else is there? Lights. Uh, yeah. Like I mean, lights on I right would now. say
1: this goes to the point of also we got that house about a year ago and people would come over if like, we haven't had that many people over since we've gotten the house, but There are some people that would probably be like, wow, you guys have been here for a year? It looks like you still have a lot of work to do. And I think another area of growth through this time is, like, there's a part of me, I guess, from, like, the environment I was raised in to think, like, oh, like, everything has to have a place immediately. And, like, things have to be perfectly kept and you need to finish it out because, like, if anyone comes over, like – you know, you got to have a nice space. And I think this time has allowed us to really reflect and be like, what do we really need right now? And let's just live with the basics. I mean, it's not that bare, bare bone and basic, but yeah, you're we, acting like we, we live in an attic or something. no, we have like, we have things, but it's not like, like we still need some more furniture and things like that, like the second bedroom and whatnot. But I think it, the but time. do we need it? That's exactly. that brings up a that's, great thing. That's like I'm, you said,
0: we need some more furniture. But Okay, you I misused the word because I was we whole need point. more furniture because of one person coming over a month. Like that's not a need. That's right. just a want that's to fill your That's basically what ego. I was trying to get at, CJ.
1: So yeah, it's it's helped us realize that we don't need these things. Like we can take as much time as we want to figure out what we want to put in there. So for now it's been nice to have the extra space to do yoga. Like I'll give you an workout. example
0: of this. How long did it take us to get blinds in our place?
1: Oh yeah. Well that wasn't by choice, but <laughs> it was definitely tested choice. our patience a little a bit. A little
0: bit by choice. Like by figuring out like what we were figuring out how much we want to spend, what do they want to look like, different things. It, mm-hmm. it took us a while and just really digging into what is the top priority today. And I think that's what everybody has been granted a little bit of because there's so much uncertainty about tomorrow. Like, You really can only change what is happening right now in the today. There's nothing else you can do. And I think a lot of people struggle with that reality. It's easier to live in the future in the past yeah, rather than to take action right now on something.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think we've done the reflection. We've figured out, how to make the best of the circumstances what are what are three things
0: that you've picked up this year like practical things that, that somebody up? could take away
1: like skills or anything just you want three practical
0: things that when you reflect on 2020 that are going to impact your 2021 and and beyond
1: well the one i just said about environment that's Critical for me, having that realization has made me rethink a lot of my daily life and changes that I want to make. Be specific, like uh, my work environment. Like the well, we just
0: came from Squatch, so dig into oh, that, that. Like that's that a type great. Of that's a
1: great example. Yeah. So we just well, you started going to Squatch, which is a new. <laughs> The average person probably doesn't know what squash, (laughs) my mom calls it squash, Um, (laughs) but there's a a new fitness kind of athletic gym in town right down the street from us like a minute away and through friends, you've gotten connected there and I started going just a couple of times with you and I was just remarking on how that environment is good for me because it's one that I wouldn't be comfortable in in a you know, a couple of years ago or like old me would feel like I feel helpless here. And like I went today and initially when I walk in, I do kind of feel helpless because I'm a type of person who I just, I kind of want to feel comfortable in my surroundings. And if I'm going to work out, like I need to have a little space to do that. I need to know what I'm doing. And when it's kind of an open floor and a bunch of like, I don't want to call it intimidating, but it's just all kinds of equipment that you could ever need for any kind of workout that I really don't use. I'm why like, what do you need I to feel comfortable
0: when, when you work out?
1: Um, I think it's just a natural feeling. I think a lot of people <laughs> could relate to that. I mean, you know, I
0: know a lot of people can relate to it, yeah. but I'm, I'm always curious as I to I don't
1: why. know the reason why you want to feel comfortable when you work out, but I'm pretty sure that it's a common feeling of wanting to just feel like nobody's watching you and you're in your space and you're in a safe space to do what you need to do and that's it. And some people need more direction than others. I don't feel like I need a lot of direction. But anyway, getting back to my point was that it's an environment where people are in there looking like they really know what they're doing. They're using the, I'll call it intimidating equipment. They're pretty advanced athletic levels. And, you know, it could be a space that somebody that's just getting started or, or whatever would feel kind of like, I don't know if I want to go in there. And I don't consider myself as somebody who's just started working out. I feel like I've been in this game for a while. And for me to feel that feeling made me realize in my head, I'm like, oh, I need to keep coming here because I need to kind of break that feeling. I need to prove to myself that I can be in this space and I'm just the same as everybody here. Um, and that there's no judgment here. Like I'm creating that in my head. So kind of just recognizing when I feel tendencies like that come up. Um, that was just one example, I and guess. And you did your first ice bath
0: today. Yeah, that I did good. my
1: first ice bath today. So that I guess that'll go into my second one, which is I'm realizing as I reflect, I want to be able to say that I've tried different things and I've broken past certain limitations in my mind. So I think past couple of years... I've been on this, I don't wanna call it a hamster wheel, but it's been just a lot of refining of things. Like my hobbies have been somewhat constant, but I'm just trying to like sharpen the skills there, right? And I think I'm just ready to open up a clean slate of what are some hobbies that I've never even thought of before that I wanna get back into um, or start fresh from. And I was thinking a lot about what I would do as a kid And like I used to love drawing and being creative in that way. I used to make jewelry and really thought that that was going to turn into a business one day, and then that escaped me. So (laughs) lately, I've just been thinking, how can I kind of reinvigorate some of those passions where maybe it's not drawing per se, but it's something creative where I'm making something uh, that doesn't have to do with, like, I feel like right now, a lot of my Activities are either revolved around learning or physical activity. So like how do I kind of create something that has no ties to any outcome, if that makes sense. And then third, I guess the other big takeaway is thinking a lot about longevity and health and what that means to me right now in this phase of my life. And for a while it meant doing a strict protocol of something and eating a certain way and now I'm I'm becoming more aware of how much stress that can actually put on somebody and how there's a fine line between being healthy and being obsessively healthy and having a behavior that's centered around long-term health and wellness and that doesn't just mean what you eat and what you how you work out or how you move it's really everything that is in your environment that goes through your mind. So just different kinds. I'm just staying very open-minded to different practices and just different history in that field and what I can do, what I can get rid of, what I can do less of, what I can do more of. Today, we just got blood work to analyze on our own some some of our levels of micronutrients and in general, because I guess you can talk a little bit more about spectra cell and how that's changed your life. But we're just at the point where we're trying to take it into our own hands and really do the learning for ourselves. I don't want my health to be something that's not in my control. And I want to know as much as I can about the variables that I can control. So that's one of the goals for this year. And then the next couple of years moving forward, hopefully forever.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I like all that. And I think for the creative side of things, one of my challenges for you, especially when we're on podcasts like this, is like articulate what you actually mean, meaning mm-hmm. like we've been talking about products a lot and creating new products and not having a tie to what happens with that product, but just like spinning up a product and seeing what what happens with it and not having a tie to like, oh my God, this is the end all be all type of thing. So for other people out there, if you articulate it in that way, maybe they... Can take that and and run with it, because you talked to you talked to me about so many of these ideas and these creations that you have, and um, I'd love to hear you share them in a more. I don't know what the word is for it, but um, like one of the ideas we had earlier is we went to a health and wellness market, and you were going through all the different tables and booths and thinking of ideas that you could create and that we could table just for the fun of it. And I think there's a lot of people that could go out there and do the same thing, but we just don't even think about that type of activity really. But I loved everything you said. And then especially the health and wellness aspect of longevity, because I had a conversation today with Jason, the the owner of Squatch and talking about how so many people's health is revolved around what you look like, not how you feel. And even feeling can be a misinterpretation of like what you truly are because like i can take caffeine and feel like i'm on top of the world but that does that mean that i'm healthy like and that i'm going to be healthy over a 30 day span like it doesn't matter if you feel great one day and then the next day you feel like shit it the goal should be every day feeling like you want to wake up and you can accomplish what you're trying to do. And the easiest way to do that is to basically get a baseline where you go and you get your blood work done and figure out what your baseline metrics are. What are you today? And then what are you 15 days, 30 days, whatever. And even for like women out there, we were discussing like your hormones and like the different times of the month for you. What does your blood work look like on those different times? Um, And then for males, it's just like, when you're stressed and you're not stressed and what does that look like so that you can supplement your lifestyle for that. And then also I was talking about supplements earlier today with somebody that a lot of people get targeted that they need something to fix their issues rather than realizing that like our bodies create everything that we that we need, but you have to figure out what is your body lacking in creating for yourself and then you supplement to help the creation of it. So a good example is right now, um glutathione deficiency is huge for everyone and so is vitamin d now our bodies create these things within us so if you just research like how do you naturally produce more vitamin d and more to glutathione then you can supplement your lifestyle and with over-the-counter supplements to do that so i love how you pointed that out but for me there's like three very distinct things i think i have the opposite problem of like what aaron is describing for, for herself that she's kind of like leaned into. And for me, it's I've always been really good at executing and really good at like, I have an idea, I'm going to bring it out into the world. Now, I've never really been good at sticking through with that idea and getting it to the next phase. I don't think, I just don't think that's how my brain What's works. What's an example of that? Um, It's weird because in some ways, like I do, like with health and wellness, I'm really good at sticking to things. But I'll literally sacrifice something that I've been building for six months for this new idea. And like I think what? a lot of entrepreneurs have. Um, let's see. So I've been building my website, reiterating on the website for like fucking three years now, like it feels like. And I knew from the get-go like how it should be and what it should be what I should put into it. And another one's the email list. I knew I should have been investing in these things like the proper way, like three years ago, but I always like invest time into it like a month or two. And then I get sidetracked from Why something else. Why do you think you get sidetracked? And let it go. Is
1: it because you're not seeing a return or is it because something else that seems like it's more important at the time distracts you?
0: The the latter. I think it's because again, like I think I, I believe it's the nature of entrepreneurship. You're, you, in the beginning you're constantly juggling things and making sure like you're focused on the right, the quote unquote right thing. Um, And I think the better thing for me to have done is just not worked on it at all. Like now that I look back on things and that's why I'm a lot slower, which is getting into like where I'm going with this is I used to take on things because it was exciting. Now I don't take on things if they're exciting. I take on things if they're going to fulfill me and Fulfillment is predicated on, okay, this is going to be a six-month to year to two-year to five-year thing. Is it going to fulfill me five years into it? A good example of that is the podcast. Like, I loved it's Saturday night. I love doing this. So. And how
1: do you differentiate? I guess I would want you to dig a little deeper in the difference between fulfillment and excitement because I think as humans, oh, I mean, going through it, life, we evolve, Here's an easy right? one.
0: One-night stand versus marriage. Like – to relate it to to relationships like tinder swiping versus actually going on a date with somebody and not and being fulfilled by the overall experience the conversation, the food going for a walk like the whole nine yards like that's fulfilling rather I, than I a think, fleeting I think it little goes moment. a little
1: deeper and you were describing this a little bit last night when we were talking to friends about it podcasting to you, fulfills so many areas of what you enjoy and so the more activities that you can find that capture all of those things like you were giving a great example of how it it literally has helped you in so many different aspects of your life when it comes to having the conversations or meeting new people or articulating your own thoughts
0: but I tell you and to even to the first point of like my reflection on myself it's slowing down and med- like listening, meditating and listening to myself. Um, I think that's the number one, because even with podcasts, like I have to pause and think really, really quickly. And when you're on a podcast, you literally, you don't have hours to think about how you're going to respond and what decision you're going to make with this response. So it creates this time. Constant, I'm talking, but then once I'm finished, I have to listen very intently. So, meditation and slowing down has helped me kind of figure out what areas of my life that all culminate into an area that helps me everywhere. So, a good instance, another one would be nutrition. If you eat well, it impacts your entire life. Like, you're gonna feel well, so then you're just gonna show up better in every area. But that's a
1: good example because it's not exciting in the beginning. <laughs> yeah,
0: like nutrition is not exciting, right? Yeah. So I think because we're completely riffing right now, I think when I mentioned the exciting versus fulfilling thing, if you can match the two, exciting and fulfillment, like you, you match that for me. Our relationship is exciting and fulfilling. So it like that that that's how I know. Mm-hmm were meant to be and a podcast same thing anytime i was on a podcast because that's how i got into it was listening to them and then when someone asked me to be on one i like felt like a little kid in a candy store but then i also figured out like i could do this probably every day in my life like i could get on here and podcast literally every day and never make a cent for it even though i want to make a lot of sense for it <laughs> um anybody want to sponsor me shout out um uh but no i think that excitement with matched with fulfillment is where if more people could actually seek that this would be a happier and healthier world and I don't think people even have the self-awareness to think about that and another thing that is exciting and fulfilling for me is like athletics like health and wellness is that like I get excited to learn just I'm reading for our body right now and I know a lot about health and wellness already but I'm every time I learn something new Aaron will attest to this. I come downstairs and I'm like, oh my God, guess what I just read or I just learned or I just did. When you match that excitement, that fulfillment, you'll be like me and you'll be in the gym for 10 years. And then the payment of getting the brand deals and getting kind of like the traction in that area of your life doesn't happen until you match those two. So
1: so I think to go back to where this initial point was, you were saying that you're going to get less sidetracked in your endeavors in the entrepreneurial space and focus more on the long-term execution versus short-term execution in a lot of different areas.
0: Yeah. And, and I think, again, the point of this was meditation helped me get to that point. Whereas slowing down and actually thinking what brings me that exciting, fulfilling feeling not just right now like not not in this moment because we're gonna do this podcast and i'm gonna have to take it off this card and then do some editing like that's it's not not every little moment is going to be exciting and fulfilling Mm -hmm. but if i look at it over a 25 year span i'm starting to look at that 25 year span i think a lot of people in their 20s are just living so fast and living so much right now and it's just instant gratification mindset and i think meditation really helps you get away from that instant gratification mindset and allowed me to start saying no to things that I just were not bringing me excitement or fulfillment combined. And if you take away those things, if you take away the things that aren't exciting and fulfilling, what's left is exciting and fulfilling. And that's kind of like what I was missing. But to go to the next thing, what I kind of reflected on and this year has taught me is that I really missed competition and that competition is super important for me to have in my life. And I mean measurable competition because I got into the world of entrepreneurship and that's kind of like immeasurable because even if you make a million dollars, you're going to then be like, I need to make 10 million. And if you're a billionaire, you're saying, oh, I want to make 50 billion. So it's like, it's your measurable competition versus competing with myself again, I think I really kind of got away from. And one of the instances that we're doing now is like the Tuesday Run Club where we show up and we just run a mile as best as we can and every week I told myself range sleet snow doesn't do that shit here in Texas. Thank God. But that's the motto in my head that I'm going to show up and I'm showing up for myself. I'm competing with myself to just get better. And shout out to my buddy Wyatt who runs the one 1% better club where I've just been saying that in my head too. Is just like, where can I just get 1% better today?
1: Even if it's not on the time, but like maybe how you approached it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: It, the time is like such a minuscule thing. It's like, what is my heart rate? What is like, how did I feel today? Did I sleep well last night? I showed
1: up even if I didn't feel like it. Yeah.
0: And maybe support my friends that day. So that that's 1% better. I just show up and like, maybe I'm injured and I just high five them. Like whatever. It looks like a million different things. But I think that again, that competition brings me the excitement and the fulfillment that I was really lacking because I was treading so much water, just trying to get my footing in the entrepreneurial world. And, Again, it was not measurable. It's like, what is what is the driving factor here for me to be working so hard? Um,
1: so I guess what's your advice to somebody to bring that into their life if they're not going to go out and run a mile, but it, what other kind of activities do you think would bring the same benefit?
0: Oh, there's too many to name, but I would say the most common things if I was going to relate to somebody maybe like in the in the corporate world is probably take a course on something that you've just always been interested in. So for instance, maybe you wanna learn guitar or you, you've always just had this thing where you're like, you love music and you look up to musicians. So like take a course on learning how to play guitar. Like that's how you can compete with yourself. So every day your competition is can I play one more chord on the guitar? Just
1: learn a new um, skill. Yeah,
0: learn a new skill and learn it to learn it. Don't don't learn it to say you learned it. I think that's what a lot of people get conflicted with where it's like learn it because you really love this one band and you want to play their songs and like you want to learn their songs and live through their songs rather than just saying I wish I could be like that guy on the TV, you can be that guy. It's just gonna take time. But if you make it just 1% better competition between yourself, like you're eventually gonna get to that point. Um, and I think that's something in my head that when I really think about it, I think it also has to do with I'm turning 30 in a month and. I got really upset with myself, the fact that, like, I stopped running, and I would say that I hate running and these things, and I was making up these excuses, but really, at the end of the day, it was, I just didn't feel like I could ever be as good as I was, so it was kind of pointless to continue doing it, um, because it's painful to to run those two miles when,
1: but when you're 18, you're
0: 21... Kid? I was running them really fast and I was competing at a very high level and you knew you were competing at that high level. So I don't know if anybody can relate to that, but that's kind of how I was feeling and I was justifying it by saying, oh, I hate this thing or, or whatever. Like I'm not perfect.
1: So how did you decide that you weren't going to let that get in your way anymore?
0: Uh, To to be quite honest. um, I mean, we're planning to have kids in the future. And one of the things that when I look back on and I want to instill in them is that I'm, going to be 70 80 years old and still competing with my children and grandkids like i wanted to live this life that i'm all, i'm i'm living the entire time like that's mm-hmm. really what i started thinking about was i don't want to get to 40 or 50 and not be able to participate in my kids practices or anything like that like If I'm being 100% honest, that's what I started thinking about. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to be better at 30 than I was at 20. I'm going to be better at 40 than I am at 30. I'm going to be better at 50 than I will be at 40. And better will look different. Like Mm -hmm. maybe it's less running and more recovery. And like it'll look different. But the the whole premise of competing to be better is going to stay. And I'm going to ingrain that in myself. And then when we have kids, ingrain that in them, whatever it is that they choose to pursue in life.
1: So I was listening to a a podcast earlier when I was cooking and the question, now that we're on the topic of kids, he asked a question, what motto do you want your kids to live by? What would you say?
0: Ooh, sitting right here. Feel your passion. Like we have it on our wall here at Thrive HQ. And I mean, I already have tattoos, never give up, effort disgraces no man, make every heartbeat count. But I think the thing that kind of cures everybody is, again – Feel your passion now. Even when we're sitting here, and I'm kind of reflecting on this conversation, the the exciting and the fulfillment when you match it, when you are passionate about something, nobody's gonna stop you. Like you're just, you're in flow state, and I think flow state cures every illness, every problem. It's just, it's the end all, be all. So if our kids could really live a passionate life. I feel like I will have done my job as a father. If they can be passionate about just waking up in the morning and because if they wake up in the morning and they're passionate, whatever they go into, they're going to make an impact.
1: Yeah, and that's how everyone should. I think even if you're the
0: garbage man, if you wake up and you are passionate about getting garbage off the streets, like that is a very important job, like whatever it is, Mm -hmm. right? I, I just, I hate that people don't view the world like that. There's so many jobs out there that are thrown under the rug, but they're so needed. But if people, if we could change it so that people were passionate in that area or passionate about how they're impacting the world, we would all get along better and we would all have more self-respect. And if we had more self-respect, we would have more empathy. If we have more empathy, everybody builds a better community. If we build better communities, the world becomes a better place. And I think it starts with people just being passionate and how do we inspire those people to be passionate. No matter where they're at in their life,
1: it's a good question.
0: <laughs> yeah, that is a great question. So I only did two. I did like the the meditation and reflection and slowing down, and then the competition, and then I think the third thing that if I think about this year that I've probably done better in every year of my life um, is the more you know, the more you know you don't know. And I think that I've put myself in rooms and in books and around people that are way above and beyond me in a lot of different ways than I ever have ever before. So if it's the Lunch and Learns that we start every week, like the people teaching on those, the podcasts where we're talking about things where I've never talked about before, courses, books, the conversations that I have, I think I've really leaned into this year of
1: intentionally.
0: Yeah, intentionally being like, I don't know shit. And I'm done trying to act like I know shit. I'm going to share information because I feel like it would be naive of me not to share it. And I want to help people, but it's not to share it to seem
1: like Like I know a lot
0: or I know a certain thing. It's to share that I don't know a lot. And that I want people to be inspired to go out and share information more so that we can all grow together. And I
1: think the reason why, I think mostly anyone would agree that that's how we should all strive to live is always be surrounded by people that you can learn from and that inspire you and motivate you, right? But I think what you described as what you did before, which is kind of act like you were really this like niche expert in some area, is just a form of insecurity. And I think that's what you see everywhere in jobs, like in normal corporate jobs and anywhere else in the world. You see people like don't admit that they don't know.
0: I'll give you a direct example. People reach out to me for health and wellness a lot. And it used to be I would try to answer all their questions. And if I didn't know, I would go to Google and help them. Versus now – if someone asks me a question and I know that someone else out there is better than me, like Corey, for example, Claw Athletics, like if someone's trying to be trained and they're in a certain, like they need help mm-hmm. in terms of their form and reducing their risk and a long-term game plan, he studies this shit day in, day out the way that I study business. So I'm not going to try and get out of my lane anymore and and take on that person I'm just going to send them to him. And it used to be my ego would get the best of me of like, oh, I still got this. I can still help this person. I can still do this because the goal was to seem like I knew it all. Rather, the goal now is to the whole community wins. If I just stay in my lane and what I'm fueling my passion with, which is the podcast and the businesses that I'm helping to scale, that's where I love to be every single day. That's the excitement versus fulfillment versus teaching somebody the proper form in fitness and getting paid for that is not really fulfilling and exciting to me. I'll do it as a friend, like if we're in the gym together. But my ego used to get the best of me and I'd be like, yeah, I can help you do this. But then I start realizing that takes time away from what I actually really love to do. And that's where this year has I've been the best at not doing that and, not, and being like, I don't need people to even give a shit about anything that I say. I just want to do the things that I'm, I love and be around people that I love and help people get to their next level. Like that's what I feel like I'm brought on this earth to do. And anything that inhibits that, I'm going to say no to.
1: Yeah. And I think that's a great realization and a great point that the more we can all just try to find what we know puts us in this flow state that fuels our passion, the easier it is to say no to anything that gets in the way of it. And like you were describing before of having this tendency to get sidetracked by things, I think that's something that you unfortunately have to go through to find those things that make you truly passionate. You wouldn't have realized that you could do podcasting forever if you didn't just get sidetracked and decide you're going to start a podcast one day. So you got to put up with this sidetracking, take on sometimes I think you, you have to look at it in another way of being like, all right in hindsight, it looks like I was just kind of all over the place and distracted. But I like to think if you're not actively trying to figure out, if you don't already know what you want to do with the rest of your life, I don't mean like for your job, but like what legacy you want to be known for, what you want to live by every single day, and you're not actively trying to figure it out, like what are you doing?
0: I I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned essentialism. You can't figure out what's essential unless you have a lot of shit. Like that's, (laughs) that's how I look at life. And I think- We have Life Asked Backwards where we try to narrow people down through school and when they get to 22, 23, they haven't lived enough to even understand what it is that they love. Then they feel depressed and suicidal because they're like, this isn't for me and I don't know what to do when we should be making kind of like, the way that I look at it is like an hourglass. We have it the wrong side up right now. Like it should be, we are giving kids and teenagers and young adults so many different opportunities in so many different lanes that by the time they're in their mid-20s, late 20s, they know exactly who they are, what they want to do, and where they want to spend their time. Now, for me, I don't regret a single thing, like literally when I think back, because I'm like, you're 100% right. We would not be sitting here unless I tried all those different things. I think where people's biggest mistake is is they still continue into their 30s and 40s and 50s. And I'm not putting an age frame here. I'm I'm putting like some people start at different times. They just never end. They continuous. They continually do that loop, and they never actually think about what is essential because time is their most valuable asset. And like you do have a limited amount of time. Like it's just a fact. You have a limited amount of time where you have a limited amount of capacity to operate and. When you're put with that constraint, it's like, okay, I really can't do everything. Now, when I list out what is really essential, you start figuring out, like for me, those cross-intersection. Podcasting, like, not to bring it back to this, but... It allows me to connect with people that I really enjoy connecting with. It allows me to create media, which I love to do. It allows me to learn, which I love to do. It allows me to educate, which I love to do. It allows me to have new experiences, which I love to do. There's 10 other things I could list off, which help me to love to do. There's very few things I do in my life that match all of those, right? So when you sit back and listen to this episode and you had this notepad out, One of the things I hope you do going into 2021 and beyond is really think, what is essential to my life? And if you can't figure out what's essential, my task to you is to go out and just try everything. Like, even if one little inkling is like, my friend asked me to go to this thing, just say yes. There's nothing you can lose from it, everything you could gain from it. And I think for Aaron, for you, Mm -hmm. this is something you've really started to lean into where it's like having no expectation going into things because- Like even today with the ice bath, I was like, you want to try it? And you're just like, yeah, like you're really stepping into, you know what? I have no expectation on, on things. I'm just going to do it and then have reflection on it afterwards.
1: Well, it's more for me. It's like just breaking past any other like preconceived judgment I had on it already. Like old me would be like, oh, hell no. Why do I want to put myself in a really uncomfortable situation when I don't need to? but new new me or the me that I've been I shouldn't say new me but like who I am today is okay yeah give me some more discomfort so that like I can just get stronger great like because this is a controllable thing where I can sit here and be like this fucking sucks and I'm gonna get through it and I'm gonna prove to myself that I got through it and I didn't want to do that but I just did it and now I'm like okay what's next like that's how I want to approach life like I will not get set back by things as easily if I'm more willing to embrace the discomfort. So that's really how I viewed the ice bath today and I mean there's I think there's a lot of other health benefits and athletic benefits to it but for me that was really what it was all about. It was like, yeah, do I really feel like plunging into this ice? And it was awesome no. because
0: it's raining. Like yeah. it was it was like the worst time to like get in an ice bath. It was like raining like we we had a pretty long morning and we were all over the place and you already did your workout. And it was just like, but that, that is a culmination and to wrap up kind of this conversation, it's everything all in one where you were literally leaning into. I,
1: I just want to say the one unknown. more thing. Yeah. I think also just adding these other experiences helps me relate more to the people that really do enjoy this stuff on the daily. And I I think I want to try to do more things that get me closer to just understanding people in general. So Mm. just not just reading about certain things, but trying these activities, trying these different practices or whatever it is, food, whatever. I think because that just enriches any kind of interaction you have with somebody that's not like you or doesn't do the things that you do. And
0: I mean, we could have a whole, we could have a whole podcast on this because that's what the, that's what the world needs right now. It's, People, under you only understand, and this is why I have such conflict with social media, it's very easy to sit behind a keyboard and argue with somebody else's viewpoint, but if you've never tried what they're doing or, like, put yourself in their shoes, you have no real stance. Or just
1: not even react, but just, like, listen and think about what they're saying, like, unless it's completely idiotic, but, yeah, I think a lot of people are super reactive and judgmental, and the way we can change that is just by putting ourselves in more situations that are not you know, the first reaction of what we would do ourselves.
0: All right. That's going to be the end of this conversation. That was an amazing way uh, to kind of wrap that up and put that. And I appreciate you every single time we have on this this podcast. It was really fun having this conversation. I think there's a lot of points that I'm going to take away from this. Probably the biggest one when I look back on everything that we talked about was Because we talked a lot about essentialism and stepping into, even though we now kind of know what's essential, I feel like it is essential and will continue to be essential for us to shift things in and out of that, what is essential for us and not get comfortable. Because I think that it's a very fine line between once we strip away what we don't like We can then get comfortable with those things that we do like, but if we continue to kind of put maybe one new thing in a month or one new thing in every week or have one new conversation and then we can plug and play what is essential. And I want to end on this because I don't want people to think that we want you to just like set in stone what your life should be. It should never be like that. And I think for me, when I think of like thrive on life and thriving in general, it's really stepping into each day and being like, what could be new about this day? What could I do that brings some type of new experience, but also sticking to what that core value and morals and principles that you stand for, but adding that little flair, extra juice in there. So I appreciate you guys listening to the Thrive on Life podcast. We're getting close to the end of the year and this has been one hell of a year uh, having conversations with everybody. And if you've listened to even one of these, I am beyond grateful for you and thankful. And if there's one thing that you can do for me, if there was something that you took for this, and I'm gonna start asking a lot more on these episodes, if there's one thing you took from it, please share it with somebody out there. I know that when somebody sends me something that kind of relates to my life or hits home with my life, I get fired up, and it helps me take action. And really, what I'm all about is I could care le- couldn't care less if I get one listen or one thousand listens or one million. It's that somebody listened to this and took action on it. So if you got fired up and you like this and you think somebody else can relate to anything Aaron and I said here, please share it with them because I want to spread this action. And I want to help make a positive impact on this earth. So with that being said, Aaron, is there anything else that you want to leave our audience with? No,
1: nope, just. Reflect on your year and make sure you do more than reflection and just start taking action. Have a great day.
0: Yeah, wherever you're at in the world, <laughs> we love you. We'll talk to you soon and hope to talk to you soon. This is CJ Finley with the Thrive on Life podcast. Thrive on y'all. What's up, y'all? This is CJ again. And on behalf of our small team at Thrive on Life, I'd like to thank you for listening to one of our episodes. Our mission in life is to help people like you fuel your passion and make every heartbeat count. And we realize the best way to do this is together as a team so we'd love for you to join in on this mission and connect with like-minded individuals within our thrive on life community to do so please head to thriveonlife.com and join our mighty network in this network you will find a diverse group of people that is on a mission of self-improvement and honing the mentality to get one percent better each and every day Within each improvement we make as individuals, we can then be of service to this world and help it get better as a whole. What's awesome is we've already had people make new friends, receive job offers, and collaborate on new business and creative opportunities. But most importantly, within this group, you will be guaranteed the ability to learn, grow, and share experiences with other like-minded individuals. I know the community would love to connect with you. Before I sign off though, I'd like for you to always remember one thing,